You're listening to Nowhere to Run with Chris White on the Revelations Radio Network. Hey everybody, welcome to Nowhere to Run. My name is Chris. It's super good to be here. I'm super excited about the new year. Got a lot of hope and excitement about it uh, for reasons I'll talk about here in just a minute. And I'm excited about this episode, so we'll just get right into it right after a few quick show notes. First, I wanted to mention Daniel chapter 7 in the study that I've been doing uh, in the book of Daniel. That is taking a little bit longer than I uh, expected. Mostly just the research is taking a long time. I want to do a really good job with it, so be patient with me in that regard. I actually may turn it into kind of a mini documentary or or something, which is uh, initially a plan that I wanted to do. So I might just take the extra time to to make it a really good visual thing as well. I think it's a it's a pretty visual topic anyway, and I think it's really important. I think that there is some information that I'll be presenting in the Daniel Seven that is um, that's really you know possibly important. So I'm trying to take my time with that. Uh, speaking of of that idea of of the verse by verse Bible teaching podcast, if you subscribe to that. I would recommend people subscribing to the new Chris White Everything feed. You can find it on iTunes by a search, or you can just click the uh, prominent link on the right side of Nowhere to Run Radio or ConspiracyClose.com. I would recommend people going that direction if you're a person that's listening to more than one podcast that I do. Uh, if you're just interested in Nowhere to Run, you know perhaps it's good just to stay with what you got there on, on that. But one of the reasons is is because I have... Uh, I don't have control over that feed more than I do over the the Nowhere to Run feed, which is ultimately a, a kind of a residual thing from the early days in Podomatic, where they kind of control that RSS feed on iTunes, and all the subscribers on Nowhere to Run are, are essentially uh, I'm kind of locked into this month uh, monthly price, which keeps getting jacked up all the time, and eventually it's just it's just a really high price for a for a monthly thing that I would really like to get out of. Uh, as a part of this new resolution to start saving money and being more uh, purposeful with the way that we're spending money. So so as more people migrate to the Chris White Everything feed or any of the other uh, feed burner feeds, it's a lot better for me because I have more control over it. And I think it's a better user experience because you don't have to subscribe to the, you know, four or three or four or five podcasts that I'm that I'm putting out. And if I have new podcasts that I'm putting out, I can easily add them to that feed. So as well as interviews and things. I've talked about that in a previous episode. Um, So there's that. Moving on to the Sabbath uh, project. Hopefully when I get done with the Daniel project, I'll be able to work full-time on that. I've already done all the research for that. It actually ended up being about 27 or so pages of notes. So the research is done, and in fact the script is actually almost done. Well, it's not almost done. It's about halfway done. And... And that should be put into a, a video and put out, I'm thinking, in about two weeks. But don't quote me on that. Uh, but it is a priority. Also, just put out a new, well, actually, it's it's rendering right now, um, a sleep paralysis video that was edited by uh, a good friend, Joshua, who's been helping me with the video editing and doing a wonderful job with it. Um, so this is the audio. You may have heard the audio. I've played it on the Sleep Paralysis podcast recently. It's a 30-minute audio for people that uh, to, to how to get out of sleep paralysis for good. It's um, what I would normally send to to people. It's on that that contact me through the Sleep Paralysis website. But the video really helps to explain it visually a little better 
and it's going to be used for various contexts in some upcoming sleep paralysis projects, most notably in uh, in promotion of the website and different things like that. So uh, I'll post that in the show notes of this episode, which is January 1st, 2013. I'll also post it on the front page of stopsleepparalysis.org, as well as uh, on the Stop Sleep Paralysis 2 YouTube channel, which is... Uh, uh, out there, a few subscribers that are just about 200 or so subscribers regarding sleep paralysis on YouTube. Um, show notes. Also, hopeforabby.com. This is a website that I put together for uh, this this lady that my wife is, is visiting regularly in a local women's prison. I mentioned this on the recent uh, interview that we did with Victor from Victor's Story, a re-interview, an update with him, which is the most recent podcast on Nowhere to Run, which I highly recommend people listening to. In that podcast, I mentioned that my wife is 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 visiting and, and helping this uh, this young lady who has had a really rough life, and uh, she just doesn't have anybody to, to go to. I mean, one of the reasons why this particular program is for people that don't get visitors, so she doesn't have any other visitors except for my wife and people a lot of people have given up on her and so on and so forth but she's trying really hard to do to do what she needs to do and and one of the difficult things she's up for parole in in March and it's difficult to get to to even find a halfway house uh but then to you know when you come out of there with nothing it's real hard to get back on your feet and job skills and all those different things so anyway we put this website up hopeforabby.com that's with a e a b b e y .com that uh, basically gives my wife's uh, first the front page is my wife's talking about Abby, and then there's also a button where you can uh, hear what Abby Abby's testimony of her life was like, and also a donate button for people that feel led to to kind of help her in this transitional phase of getting back on her feet in March. So check that out. I'll post it uh, on the sidebar there of the main website, NowhereToRunRadio.com or ConspiracyClose.com. And then finally, uh, the Revelations Radio Network is available on your iPhone and your Android now. We didn't quite create an app, though that was the, the original idea, and we still might do that. In fact, that's a, that's a hope to do that. Uh, uh, but right now, what we did is just as good, in my opinion. We um, basically gave some suggestions of some apps that basically do this already, and they're already free. One for Android is called Podcast Addict, and it's a really great app. You can just enter the RSS feed for the Revelations Radio Network. All of this is explained in a step-by-step -step format on the website, revelationsradionetwork.com, on the right-hand side. And it's a great app, not just for Revelations Radio Network, but also for any others. And you have to basically, you can refresh it there, and it'll, it doesn't download them to your phone, so you can stream it. You can download it to your phone if you, uh, if you need to, but uh, it's just a good thing. We're also, Revelations Radio Network is on Stitcher, so thanks to Gons from Canary Craig Radio for mentioning that service. I think it's a great one, so check us out there. And that is all for the show notes. So let's move into the main portion of the show. So what I wanted to talk about in this show is resolutions. Um, it's really appropriate for this time of year. It's January 1st as I record this, but this isn't just for the new year. This can be any time you're listening to this, um, resolutions in general, and they bring such hope, and I want that to be kind of the theme here. Um, it's something that that if you if you begin to, to change the direction of your life in areas that 
um, need to be changed, and we all have those areas. I mean, it doesn't matter where you are or whatever. Uh, the areas uh, that we need to change, if you start dealing with them, and I'll explain a little bit about that here in a minute, then it brings a lot of hope. Really, no matter where you're at and what kind of situation that you're in, today can be the day that you change it and, you, and your attitude change. I remember when I first uh, quit drinking. It was really, really hard for me. But one of the things that I, I kept on, uh, kind of clung to, was the idea that, that after that day, everything was getting better. Like everything was slowly getting better in my life because I was drink so much that it affected so many different areas in my life, you know, financially, hangovers, and and uh, you know, just relationships and everything else. Everything just started getting a little better the day that I changed that. And I think that that's one kind of thing that we can get from these these resolutions. Um, so I hope that as we go through some of this stuff, that you'll also get excited about this. Um, I, Connie and I certainly got excited about this over the over the holidays. We went down to visit her family in Louisiana. She lives her, her family lives in Monroe, Louisiana, home of the uh, Duck Dynasty. I'm told. Anyway, we um, we went down there and it was about a whatever ten hour drive or something like that. So we had a lot of time to do this, and we just talked about all these different things that we needed to to do better on. And we all have these things you know if you look at the common new year's resolutions online they're all basically the same stuff i mean we all it's kind of a testament to to like humanity in a sense that we all kind of know we have to do better in certain areas but yet we're so prone to letting them get out of get out of a hand and this is especially true uh for Christians too. There's there's certain things that uh, we could all be doing better in that regard. But just in terms of worldly stuff, I looked up uh, before doing this podcast some common uh, some common things that are out there for New Year's resolutions. For example, number one was spending more time with family and friends. Uh, various things about fitness, losing weight, so on and so forth. Quitting bad habits, whether they be smoking, drinking, etc., etc. Et A lot of stuff like that. Uh, getting out of debt or chipping away at debt or or saving money or something like that some some financial stuff and learning something new was a big one either learning a new language or something like that getting a new skill also helping others and getting organized were on that list and I'm sure that we could add a few more as as if you're a Christian and one of the consistent ones is spending time in the Bible and reading the Bible. This is a great time of year for Bible reading plans. And, hey, everybody, let's start reading the Bible from cover to cover and so on and so forth. Um, I have always tried that, and I've never really been all that successful at the Bible reading plans. But for some people, that's exactly what they need. And there are some really good ones. I've mentioned a few on this podcast probably about last year at this time. Um, but in also prayer and things like that. We'll talk about some of that stuff, but one quick thing on the Bible reading plan I'll mention um, because this is something that I heard from Alan Kirshner, Kirshner who uh, had on the Bible Prophecy podcast and whose website I really like, alankirshner.com, uh, Biblical Prophecy Program. I, I really like his updates. He's a frequent blogger, and I really appreciate his work. But anyway, he posted uh, he posted this thing about something that I never thought about with the Bible reading plan. He posted that what he does is he goes, instead of going through the entire Bible, he goes through the Gospels really, really deeply every year. He, he noted that the if you get one of these things called a parallel 
or a harmony of the Gospels, or there's other names for them. Uh, basically, what it does is it takes the, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and it and you know how they're all basically, they, they say, some of them, the stories are just in, for example, John has stuff that's just in John. Mark has stuff that's just in Mark and so on. But there's occasions where, you know, three of the Gospels will mention the same story, but but different elements of it. You know, you hear just a little bit more information. And and what the, what these harmonies do is they sort of, they squeeze them all in together into one book. Now, they do it in different formats. Uh, and he was suggesting that certain ones of these formats actually have about 367 odd, or I can't remember what the number was, but it was about one day per year. So you could go through one aspect of the gospel every year and just really consider it and meditate on it. And I like that idea because I really like the, the concept, as I've mentioned here a lot of times, of, of being a disciple um, of Christ, being a mathetes, a learner, a follower of Christ, and and really trying to to sit at his feet and figure out what he's like and and what he just, just learn about him and and then identify with being a follower of his, just like um, somebody would be a follower of Socrates. That word mathetes is in the, in the Greek culture, which you would do if you were a follower of Socrates, you would go and follow him around and learn everything he had to say. And similarly, that's what we're called to to do as well. Uh, but anyways. So I, I liked that idea, and I found, I think that I personally like the format. There's two formats, basically. One format is where it has um, basically like in a table format. This is what Luke says. This is what John says. This is what Mark says. And that's sort of a Bible reference tool that uh, should be on any any shelf of somebody that's that's interested in, in, in Bible studies and stuff like that. But what I really wanted was the sometimes called the simplified harmony of the Gospels, uh, where they just kind of squeeze it all together into one narrative, where you you just read it as if you're reading one story, but it's but it might give little notations that this particular word or phrase was only found in Mark. It's just a little notation, but you can read through it as if, um, you know, it's just one uh, event or one story. The one that I got is called A Simplified Harmony of the Gospels by George W. Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T. And it is um, in that format where it's just one uh, one narrative, not in the table format. But there are lots of different ones out there, and I'm sure you can find anything just exactly like you want it on Amazon. Probably really cheap. Harmonies of the Gospels are, are out there from time immemorial, so you should be able to find. And there's also a lot of good stuff in digital format, too. Okay, so let's move on to the actual point of this. What I wanted to do is is talk about the, the sort of detailed life plan that uh, Connie and I have come up with on our drive to uh, to Louisiana, and just for practical reasons, just to give ideas about different things, since I assume that probably a lot of us have similar types of New Year's resolutions, and these are all from my personal life. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about the, the sort of uh, ministry resolutions, which I also have a lot of those as well, but uh, you know, you guys hear me talk about that stuff all the time, and uh, it might not apply directly to to any of your lives or, or whatever. So, I want to go through the different things that we have come up with in the hopes that it might help some of you as well. Um, first of all, this is about hope. We are so full of hope, Connie and I, because of these these new resolutions. Uh, you know, one of the things about um, 
somebody like Dave Ramsey. Some of you may be familiar with him. He's like a Christian financial uh, guy. He's he's on the radio here in Nashville. He's actually broadcast out of Nashville, but he's a worldwide guy. And one of his talents is that he gives people that are in this just awful place of you know no hope and no and just completely at the bottom of uh, you know whatever, just really down and out. He gives them hope. They're excited. They're still in the exact same position they were after they, uh, you know, heard him talk or whatever. Uh, but they are completely changed in terms of their outlook on life and everything else. And so that's one thing. He's got this uh, program that we use like a modified version of it, the the envelope system and so on, which I may talk about here in just a minute. But I really like his audios in his Financial Peace University. He's got like an audio series. You could probably find it online or just, you know, for free or whatnot. But it is something that if you're in dire financial straits and you need some hope, listen to Dave Ramsey. L listen to him and, and get excited about uh, a potential change in your in your New Year's. And again, this isn't a New Year's thing. This could happen on July 15th. You know, it doesn't really matter when you're listening to this this can be the day that everything begins to change and you have hope. You know, one of the things about New Year's resolutions is keeping New Year's resolutions. And one of the things that we tried to, tried to avoid was um, being too general. I think one of the things that helps a person keep any kind of resolution is to be specific. You know, instead of, I'm going to be more healthy, you might say, I'm going to work out in this way on these days of the week or something similar, something in a specific way. So no matter what it is that you want to change, and for us we had a lot of different things, be as specific about them as you can. And um, give yourself reasonable time frames and so on to, to get it done. I think it, it kind of is too nebulous to say, I'm going to learn a language next year but set specific goals and times that you can achieve those goals. I'm going to learn this part of this language by this time in the year. You know, reasonable, achievable uh, sections of goals, or whether it's Bible reading. I want to get through this this much of the Bible by this time, but not to a point where it's you're going to feel stressed out by it. You know, try to, to overachieve as opposed to underachieve. You know, try to set the bar a little lower, and if you find that you can uh, that you can do it easy, then you can set the bar higher next time or whatever, but it's better to, to reach the goals than to, to be stressed out by your goals. Um, another thing is to to uh, that might help to keep your new resolutions, New Year's resolutions, is to write them down and to to have like a little notepad where you, you're writing down each one and your specific thing, and not just write them down individually, but also kind of come up with a plan on how it's going to be achieved. So, for example, if you talk about uh, saving money, uh, that might require you to write down and, and get together and do a complete audit of your, you know, look on your bank account. What are you spending your money on and how can you do better in that regard? You might have to write down a budget, you know, make sure you know where all the money's going out and all this different stuff. That could be a part of this uh, thing is to, and to then begin to write down and implement a plan and some kind of whatever it looks like, you know, everybody will look different and organizes a little bit differently in this way, but you know, a little outline or something of how it would it would work. And I think that helps make it click in your mind a little bit. It's probably less about being able to refer back to it, although that is something that we're, we're doing every week when we kind of check out the budget or whatever it is. We're looking at our, our checklists and whatnot. But um, 
but it certainly helps to sort of make it click in your own mind. Okay, um, and then the, the last part of, of making your New Year's resolution stick is to do it, to put one step, you know, in front of the other step and just uh, just start doing it, whatever it is, and to do it consistently. I think that if you kind of be a little too lax with it and say, well, you know, this came up and this came up and this came up, then eventually it'll just go away because it's way too easy for stuff to just, quote, come up and you're not able to do it. But if you kind of make it, put it in that priority category of like, no, well, I have to do this. This is something I want, I want to do. And uh, I think that we're in a position that we 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 all have stuff that we need to do. And, and, and you know, we keep saying, well, it's going to happen this year or next year or whatever, but it never does. And how long have we been saying it? And I just don't think that we need to be doing that anymore. Let's start actually changing for the better. We know we know all the benefits of of doing these things that we need to do. And what's the sense in just in in putting them on the back burner or or whatever? Let's actually begin to become the people that we should be, that we can be. So let's just do it. And um that's the the last part is to just do it. Okay, so let me talk about some of the specifics that uh Connie and I um came up with. We have them in a few different categories here. Um one is financial stuff, which is with lots of subcategories, which we'll talk about. Health stuff, uh, chores, uh, gluten-free stuff, which is a subset of health, but it's almost different enough to be another category. And finally, something we call eye time, which will incorporate a lot of uh, things like uh, uh, Bible reading and prayer. And also we'll talk about the stuff with introversion and how that's important as well. So let's start with the financial thing. Um the main thing that I guess is all, all kind of overarching thing with the financial thing is to to begin to make frugal living a part of our lives, like our identity. And Connie and I are both relatively frugal people. We're not, uh, you know, spending people. I rarely spend anything. I'm at home all the time. I never go out. So if I do spend money, it's usually on, you know, taking Connie out or doing something like that. And And we... And so I don't spend that much money and she doesn't spend that much money either. But there's a lot that we could do in just becoming the kind of people that live frugally, think in terms of pennies and not dollars because pennies equal dollars. And if you're serious about pennies, they will equal dollars eventually. Um, but but it's not just frugal living for the sake of frugal living. I think one of the things that, that changed here is that the, the probably overarching idea was that we wanted to actually begin to save money. And that saving money was kind of like the the primary goal, and as such, it doesn't it didn't really matter what happened at the at the weekly budget meeting. We would save something because that was the primary goal. Like the reason we were living or going to 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 revisit where we're spending money and, and make certain sacrifices here and there and, and whatever it may be, the grocery bill or whatever, was because we wanted to be able to save money. And that might, you know, it's so easy in a budget, you know, situation to say, well, we're going to do this and this and this. We don't have any money to, to save this week. Maybe we'll get it next week. But in this, with this mindset, there will always be something to save, even if it's like $5, that because that's the primary goal is to put something away, even if, if we have to at least earmark that and say, okay, well, we have to put something in the saving envelope. And we actually have two savings envelopes. 
one of them is a, a, an envelope that we kind of we kind of do a modified Dave Ramsey thing here, where we have you. It, it's a it's an envelope that um, can be used for whatever if we need to fix the car or something like that, some kind of emergency situation that comes up. It will accrue uh, and be used whenever something like that unexpected life thing comes up or we need money for whatever thing that's not otherwise budgeted. And then we have another savings envelope, which we decided that we'll try to do about 50-50 when we save. Even if we're doing $5, okay, we only have $5. Well, 250 goes in this envelope and 250 goes in that envelope. Hopefully it can be a little more than that. Uh, but even if that's all we have, that's what we'll do. Um, so in the other envelope is an envelope that we really won't touch, that it's some kind, it's uh, putting away for... Um, something bigger than that. And they don't really have a name for that, but uh, something that is the equivalent of a savings account that we want to accrue. And one of the ways that we got excited about that uh, prospect was, um, you know, in a savings account, you, it's got a lot of these things in there where you don't touch it. Um, like it takes a lot of trouble to go get into a savings account and get your money out. And there's there's penalties and so on and so forth. And in lieu of, you know, since we don't have a savings account and, and we don't, we're not doing it like that. One of the things we got excited about with that particular account was to save up enough money to buy like either a silver coin or a gold coin, which uh, would accrue in value over time, ostensibly. And it would be kind of like our version of investment because we're not really going to be doing any investing in any, you know, stock markets or mutual funds or anything. So that's kind of our version of it, of investing. It, it possibly will accrue. It's the closest thing we have to an accruing of any kind of uh, thing like that. And it's also a way uh, for us to not touch it. And um, you can get like gold. The reason I, I, you know, everybody talks about gold and stuff like that. And I've heard it forever and ever and ever. But somebody had recently sent me a silver dollar in the, in the uh, post office box and I was like, whoa, you know, and, and, it, and it looked it up and it's like worth $11 or whatever it is. And that's just really cool to me. It's like, wow, that's actually some kind of valuable thing that's like going to keep doing it. And I just never, it, you know, I'd heard it a million times, but I never really thought about it. And you can buy, um, you know, for example, a tenth of an ounce of gold for whatever a tenth of an ounce costs, like 160 something, I don't know, whatever dollars that that costs. Or an ounce of gold is, you know, far more than we'd ever be able to afford but uh, but you know what I mean. It, it's a way to put it away. And we got excited about that, and it helped us to make those kinds of sacrifices that is required if you're going to do a budget. And you're going to say, well, we look at our grocery bill. Is there anything that we can can cut here? Is there anything that we can do? So that, that was a big important part of that is being frugal. Um, also a big part of that is is a budget meeting. That is, we, we try to do it every Friday. And I think it's important to do it consistently. And it's hard for me. One of the reasons early on we were doing this pretty good uh, when we first got married in the last few months, we really, uh, really haven't been doing it that well, at least since I came back from Africa. And, um, you know, it, it really is important. And I tried to, I always was like, oh, time to do the budget thing. But it really is an important thing to do. And it kind of helps us go over all our goals. And I'm going to mention here, not just the budget stuff, because we have other stuff that we're trying to keep on track with. So we have a little outline that we're just going to go over uh, on that weekly what's going on meeting. And I think that's a helpful uh, thing. And that's also a place where we revisit the different chores and stuff like that, which I'll talk about in a minute. 
yeah, okay, so that's everything on the financial. No, no, not that, that part of the financial. The other part of the financial thing is giving. Part of the reason we want to save money is so we can give money. Um, giving is a really great thing that God has given us as a tool to do better things in our life. We, we are, one of the ways that we get uh, stronger is by giving. Um, not just spiritually, but also, you know, there's many different things in, in scripture that talks about that and how, uh, supporting, uh, not just ministries and stuff, but also people in need and poor people and so on and so forth. So there, it, it's a, it's a tool that he's given us. And one of the things that has always made, made me think in regard to giving is that, that parable of the wicked servant, where I think that the point that the Lord is making in that is that we need to be shrewd with our giving to the kingdom. Like, the way that I think about this, and, and I think about it a lot, like uh, using Randy Alcorn's version of this. He wrote a book called something like Money and Eternity or something like that. It's a real little book, but he's got a lot of videos online. I have some of his audios on the Christianity 101 DVDs that I send out. And basically the point is is to be kind of shrewd with your giving in the, in the sense that you want to look at the places that you're giving, sort of evaluate them together and say this this place or this person is bearing fruit and I want to be a part of that. The idea your um how's it go? Your your heart is where your money is basically. So if you're investing in a particular company, uh, in the world, you're going to like be watching that company and how's it doing and you know everything else and, and you're kind of a part of that. And the same is true with giving. You want to see who's bearing fruit and you want to be a part of that because the more that they're bearing fruit, the more that that fruit is yours and things like that. And that's the way I'm thinking of it anyway. So I look at, but th- this doesn't always work like that. And I think it's dangerous to, to look at it just like that um, because there's times when giving to a certain person or whatever has no real uh, they're not going to bear fruit for, for you know, giving it to a, a homeless person or, or like I mentioned with Abby or something. You know, she's not going to go out. Well, she may, but she's not, you know, bearing fruit for the kingdom of God and different things like that. And, and so therefore, it, it doesn't really quite work. We we tended to all, always have her giving kind of separated in, in three different areas. One which was uh, mercy for things like that because there are so many places in Scripture when mercy giving is talked about, that God talks about it like, look, if you give to the poor, I will do X, Y, and Z uh, for you. The, the Proverbs talk a lot about it. And it's just almost amazing that it's like a if-then statement. If you do that, then I will do this statement uh, in regard to giving to the poor. So mercy giving is, is, is not necessarily falling into that category. But then you also have uh, people like, uh, you know, that give to those ministries that bear fruit. I, I'm thinking of the Philippians here where they were the only ones that were giving to Paul. And, of course, Paul was doing a lot of really good stuff. And he talks about it in in, in that the fruit that he's bearing is, is credited to their account, you know, that, that they're sort of a spiritual investment. You know, the Lord talks about it like um, where moth and rust doesn't corrupt. That's where you should, should store up your treasure. Um, and I think that when we look at that in terms of the... Um, the, the so-called bema seat judgment of Christ or or on the day of, of resurrection, when we stand before the Lord, it's more going to be a judgment of our works. What things did we do for the kingdom of God that were worth something, that were enduring? They will all remain. But those things that were, as the Bible describes it, wood, hay, and stubble there in 1 Corinthians um, is will be burnt up. So just those things that, that had a lasting impact for the kingdom of God. So there there's this consistent theme in Scripture about that. 
in supporting places that are bearing fruit. And then uh, besides mercy and besides uh, evangelism. So anyway, that's part of that is us looking for fruit bearing ministries together. And it's something that Connie and I can do. We watch, you know, some videos and say, hey, we need to give to that person or whatever. And it's a big, big time blessing for us. I, I don't know what it is about it. It just is good. So the other financial thing is uh, I mentioned actually already uh, frugality. So that's something, a sort of mindset that we wanted to have in that. And that's just where we're at. Now, depending on where your situation is with, with debt or any other things like that, I would encourage you, as I mentioned already, to to listen to a more comprehensive thing like that. If you've never even considered a lot of this stuff, I'm, ta I'm talking right here with a lot of stuff that presupposes a knowledge about uh, other concepts in, in this idea of, of, of trying to get back on your feet financially or whatnot. So as I mentioned before, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, he's got, I, the audios online are, are free, I think, and they're well worth it. Now he's got a Financial Peace University thing that's like, you can find, it's like a, whatever, it's like $100 or something like that, which is also worth it. If you're broke and it's a good, it's a good $100 to spend. It comes with the envelope system and all this stuff, but you don't really need it. The audios and, and you and your wife saying, hey, let's listen to this. You know, you put this on, you make a CD for her or, or your husband and, and, and say, listen to this on your way to work. And we'll go through this together and we'll see what he has to say and we'll talk about it and so on and so forth. If you are in a hopeless situation, that's a good place to start. I guarantee you he will give you hope. And you can start today in getting out of this, uh, this, this feeling of depression regarding financial situations because it doesn't matter how bad it is. It can get better. Uh, it can get better and it can start today. Okay, uh, the next thing is health. Okay, so one of the things with health issues is that we all have um, something that we could be doing better. If we're not even a little overweight, if we're doing good on that, we could do better in eating better, uh, whether it's you know trying to avoid certain kinds of negative foods that we know are out there with processed stuff or GMO stuff and all those kinds of things. We can move in good directions whether it's eating, trying to eat more organic or, or whatnot. But but food and, and diet and exercise is a really important thing. It's on probably most of our lists in the West. And so what we decided to do was to uh, to do more exercise. We, we said three times a week we would uh, be doing walking. For us, we found a, a really, uh, it's a free indoor track here, and the local uh, area in Nashville has a free track that uh, indoor it's really nice and stuff like that it's part of a sort of civic center you might say and um so we go there and and what we do we kind of pull you know some we're actually three times a week probably more like two times a week we'll do that the third the third time is actually on friday when we uh, do the we fit instead of the walking we have a weef and we have we fit it's basically the only thing we use the we for since we canceled the netflix thing uh which is actually part of our one of our frugal decisions and also sort of a, a decision about you know, where we want to be and what we want to be ingesting and stuff like that, which is a whole other issue. Uh, anyway, so what we use the walking thing for now is also a time to kind of do a Bible study between each other. We, we don't and haven't really, we've tried in different things to sort of do Bible study that we can talk about or whatever, but because of schedules and all this sort of difficult things, we never really get it done. It's, it's always a, an elusive thing that we uh, do a Bible study or anything. So we've kind of combined or killed two birds with one stone in a sense with the walking thing. 
Um, first of all, the, we, we tried walking together on the track, but that kind of was difficult because we were like blocking two lanes. And, and so what now when we go there, we, we walk at our own pace and, and, and you know, on, on the same lane or whatever. But we're both going to be listening to the same uh, the same thing. That's sort of my job is to pick out the right, you know, sermon or teaching thing or whatnot. And we're both listening to it during that time that we're exercising and it gives us something to talk about um, and that issue or whatever, whatever it is that we're, we're learning about. So it kind of gives us, keeps us thinking, keeps us uh, uh, talking amongst each other about spiritual things and so on. And we're getting healthy at the same time. So it's a, it's a win-win situation with that. So besides exercising three times a week, twice at a track, once on the Wii Fit, um, we are also, one meal a day is um, going to be, for her, for, for Connie, it's salad, and for me, it is juicing. And they kind of work together. The st- same stuff she's using for juicing is the same, or she's using for salads is the same stuff I'm using for juicing. And And I actually think that, I used to never think about juicing. I actually got this juicer at a garage sale for like, literally a dollar uh or whatever it was like at the end of the garage sale i was like oh whatever give me that juicer and um i thought it would be too expensive to do but it's not in fact you can get a 25 pound bag of organic carrots at Publix for 12 or 13 dollars and they last like even if you were just juicing carrots which is not necessarily a good idea uh because it does have a lot of sugar in it that that uh it would last so many different meals. It's really, really uh, not as expensive as I thought. And, and juice fasts and things like that um, are a good idea as well. But anyway, so one meal a day, she's she's doing a salad, I'm doing juicing, and uh, and we get to use some of the same ingredients so it doesn't cost us a whole lot uh, extra in terms of grocery buying and stuff like that. Um also in health, I certainly have to drink more water. It's something I have to be more uh, purposeful about. She is a water drinker. She'll, she's always got water with her. She's drinking water constantly. But me, I have to think about it. You know, if I'm not careful, I'll just drink coffee and nothing else uh, except for these little LaCroix things that we're buying, but we're trying to cut down on those. They're little, I used to call them blanks. If you are a Coke drinker or a soda drinker consistently, Obviously, that's got to go. I mean, it's so loaded with sugar. It's uh, not just that, but it, it's got terrible things in it. Fluoride, it's genetically modified. That's what, it's not even sugar in there. It's genetically modified corn. Uh, but but one of these little things called LaCroix, and they come in lots of different natural flavors and stuff like that, they are, uh, they're really good. They trick your brain at, at a meal and think, oh, I'm, I'm drinking a, a soda. But in reality, it's just nothing. There's no calories. There's no, it's just water and, and a little bit of natural flavoring. So what I was saying that for is that I need to be purposeful about drinking water. So that's an important step that I need to make. And then the this is another thing that we have mentioned, and I'll talk about in just a minute, the gluten-free diet thing. Connie um, ha- has to do it more. She's actually intolerant to it. Uh, whereas I am just sort of doing it because it's a good idea and to sort of, you know, be on the same page with her. But, um, but one of the p- problems is that though it's technically legal to have corn and potato on a gluten free diet, you know, have fries and chips and stuff like that. I think I sort of take too much advantage of that. So, uh, and I, and I, so one of the things in that health thing is to minimize corn and potatoes, not the least of which is because a lot of the corn, as many of you know, are, 
uh, is genetically modified these days and unfortunately we do not yet have a great way to tell what corn is and what corn isn't GMO uh, but also it's just it's just a fattening thing and one of the things that motivation for health is in our health insurance which we don't technically have health insurance we have something called a, a MediShare which is sort of a Christian uh, sharing uh, thing uh, health bill sharing thing and they give you a discount if you are under a certain amount of weight or whatnot. And, and I'm like just over that weight. And if I can uh, lose just a little bit of weight, we can save, uh, you know, a little bit extra money a month or whatnot. So we have extra motivation in terms of the financial situation to, to health situation stuff. So it's a crossover there. The next thing is chores. Now, this one doesn't really sound like a whole lot of hope for uh, many of you, but... You know, it's not going to be like, hey, we got a new chore plan. I can't wait to get it all together. And it is a bit of a burden in some senses for, for me. But um, it's just a sort of a uh, dividing up the chores in a way that makes sense. This is going to pay dividends for you uh, men out there because it will make your wife a lot happier if she's anything like mine. Um, one great set of books that I would recommend to anybody who even, man or woman, no matter what what the situation is in your marriage is the the two books that I think are important to read together, but mostly the book The Five Love Languages and then also Love and Respect, which I've mentioned here before. They're just such life changers. And one of the good things about them is that you really don't need the other uh, spouse to even do anything. Just by what you can do, you can change the marriage. They don't even have to change. By what you do, it will change the marriage. Now, if you're both on board and you're both reading the books and or listening to the audio, both of these have audio books, then you know it's even better. It can really fa turn into a fast-paced thing. But I say all that to say that my wife's love language, which is totally true in her case, uh, is um, acts of service. That is to say, things like chores. You know, she's real practical. If I'm doing the the chores, the dishes and stuff like that, she is happy as a clam she's just really that's how she you know and if i don't do them she then 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 it really does affect her now i do the dishes and, and vacuum and certain things uh every day that's just sort of part of what i've done because i really did learn hey this is a real issue this is a really important thing to her and it really does it, it, it's a helpful thing for our marriage but uh but i noticed that there was a lot of things she was getting kind of overwhelmed um one if I talked about introversion recently, and this will come up uh, again later. But introverts, uh, if they don't have a lot of time to sort of be by themselves, and her job is a job that's always, you know, interact many different interactions all day, all day, all day interactions, which is not her nature. It sort of drains her, and uh, without time to sort of recharge and alone time, introverts commonly have this sense of overwhelmed feeling, and she's got so much stuff on her list, and you know, to do and so on and so forth. And it's just been a really wearing her down lately. And I've been thinking about like, how can I take some of that burden off? And part of that I think is to take some of those things off her to-do list, especially that wouldn't affect my life that much more. You know, there's a few daily or, you know, whatever chores that she does that I can do just as easy. I'm always listening to podcasts anyway. And so it's not like I won't make it interesting and uh, I could go through some of the, you know, silly things that, that, that it is nothing much, but um, but evenly or maybe even not evenly dividing up the chores is a really, really good thing to do. Now, uh, for us, for me especially, I had to you have to come up with a way to to make sure that you know what those things are. 
and I got a uh, because we also have a secondary chore list. If you want to call it a honey do list, you're probably in the right uh, in the right ballpark there. These are things that are not necessarily daily chores, but things that need to be done. For example, right now I've got you know fix the dryer, order this part for the dryer so it doesn't squeak, and install it, and all this stuff. That's part of my secondary chore list, which I also need a list for. Because if I don't, she she may say stuff like that. Hey, remember to do that, and I may actually intend to do it or or whatever. But because I, you know, don't don't remember it or whatnot, I didn't do it not not do it because I was lazy. But it, you know, she thinks about that stuff. So I need to have a, a, a. I got this whiteboard where I have the secondary list. You know, where you know write them on there. In addition, I have a a corner of it that doesn't move. They're daily, or in this case, sometimes they're they're bi daily or. Whatever whatever that every other day, uh, things that I need to do. And they're just common things that I need to do every day. For me, it's stuff like, um, in addition to the dishes, vacuuming, litter, uh, Berkey, water filter, got to fill that up, and uh, cooking and shopping and stuff like that. So sort of my my jobs. And those little things just change a whole lot of stuff in what, she, what she's feeling and stuff like that. So it's more stuff doing for uh for her but if you want to look at it, it like this it's also for me too because the whole concept i think in my head is is if you keep your wife and her her happy uh it really does this whole adage is you know happy you know wife is you know makes everything else work and i've mentioned this before but really if she's happy and she's loving you it will it will sort of be the engine that 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 really uh affects everything else if if she is is loved and is responding to that it will make everything else work it's when she's off then it kind of turns into this spiral of everything else getting off because you're like offended about that and everything else and that's why i think the bible says of our job to her our job for her is to love her as christ loved the church that's our job you know one one you know we got one thing to do to love her as christ loved the church and the question is how do you do that you know, do you just muster it up? Oh, I love you. I love you. Just, you know, really feeling it more. Well, the word there is agape, and agape has to do with doing something, a sacrificial love. It defines that love later as love her and gave himself for it. You know, love her just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So it even defines the love for your wife in a giving situation. What the Five Love Languages book does is it gives you ways to do that that she will actually respond to. Not all. Not you could. You could do a lot of chores for some wives, and it wouldn't change anything. They, they would still be like, "Yeah, well, thanks for doing those chores, but you're not spending any time with me." And that's what. What really, if you spend, if you make out time to to spend with your wife, then then that's going to be her uh, way of receiving or feeling loved. So anyway, I don't want to try to tell you the whole thing, but you can check out the five love languages for yourself if you want to. So the other thing on the list, uh, another subsection altogether, is gluten free. Uh, this is separated from health in the sense that I have a job here to to research it more because it's you know it's not just about a gluten free diet if you have um, kind of a, a which most people in America nowadays do have some kind of problem with a porous gut malnutrition can or, or malabsorption rather can come from it where you're losing vitamins because there is because the nutrients which are absorbed in your intestine are going into uh, directly into your bloodstream. And uh, as a result, also, you're probably sensitive to a lot of food, experiencing allergy symptoms when you after you eat, coughing and sniveling and just different things that can happen as a result of that. And most of us are now having that because a lot of things, for example, antibiotics, 
and meats and, and all kinds of stuff is, is doing damage to our gut and causing all kinds of problems, especially autoimmune disorders of all types. In fact, I wouldn't be uh, surprised at all if most people with autoimmune disorders are uh, as a direct result of this, but another subject altogether. The thing is, is that eating just not eating inflammatory foods is not going to fix the situation new studies have shown. I mean, you can, you, you can keep it from getting too much worse or whatnot by not eating gluten and other things that are, that are uh, inflaming uh, the situation. But, but what you really need to do is to repair the gut lining. And if you do that, and if you get it repaired, um, then you're done. I mean, it actually can be fixed and you can go back to a normal life as long as you're, you know, making sure you're not eating the same kind of stuff that was doing it, doing it before, like the antibiotics and stuff like that. And one of the things that one needs to do in that situation is start uh, a, an informed regimen of stuff like L-glutamine and probiotics and stuff to sort of restore the natural uh, antibiotics. And it's kind of a complicated situation, and it's something I need to do more research on. If anybody has a good uh, system of dosage for that kind of stuff and, and methodology of how to do that, I would appreciate any extra help on that. I'm trying to do some extra research and listen to podcasts. That's mainly for me to do uh, in, in working on that issue. And finally, the last thing on our life plan list here is what we have referred to as I time. Now that stands for introvert time, uh, but it is so much more as far as its functionality in our lives spiritually and otherwise. I time um, is a time where we make a, a purposeful time of our day to spend about an hour um, by ourselves in a different room uh, and, and reading uh, either the Bible or other good books. We have so many good books on our shelves that are that are edifying and helpful. Whatever, it's kind of a free time to do anything as long as it's not computers or looking at your phone or any of these other things. And praying is a big part of it. Um, last night we both mentioned as we were doing this, and, and I'll t talk about the time that we chose to do it, which I think is important. But we got done and we were thinking, wow, we were both so impressed to how how much it actually affected us in a good way. Like, wow, how I can't believe how good that felt. Uh, and part of it is because um, introverts, as I mentioned, really do require time to sort of recharge by themselves. And we're just so busy and doing that we really don't uh, get that. Extroverts, on the other hand, um, there's lots of studies on this. There's a great new book called Quiet out there. It's a really, really popular book about introversion that's just sweeping the country there. But um, extroverts actually get their their energy in the reverse way, in groups and, and stuff like that with people, and they sort of recharge, in, in a sense, uh, in those types of situations where it's the exact opposite happens to an introvert. Though an introvert can fake their way and is, is you know somewhat comfortable in those situations, it does drain them, and they do need time to themselves to recharge. But anyway, so part of that is this, but the main thing is... is um, in a sense, and I hate the word, but legislating kind of time to pray. Now, there's all kinds of thinking on this, you know, but what we found is that we've tried it in different times and stuff like that, but what seems to work best for us, and this might not work best for a lot of people with different, you know, lifestyles and kids, is to about an hour before we normally go to bed, we have an alarm go off that says, okay, you know, rain, you know, rain or shine, it's time to go uh, do whatever, you know, this free time, try not to put too many, uh, too much emphasis on it. And part of that free time is to, to 
is is done before bed. Now, normally people that do this before bed, I think it's it's dangerous, not dangerous, but it's bad because you're you're in the mode to go to bed and it's like at a place where you're already tired but here an hour before or so you're not quite there yet and you're you're awake enough you're not planning on going to bed right then so you have your wits about you to 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 pray or to read or whatever it is uh, often a little bit of both or whatnot but um and we we find that's better than any of the other times before like after dinner or really even in the morning because oftentimes we're just getting up and always rushing and so on so it's a good compromise for us in a time to do that. Um, also, kind of as also too, we're trying to really make our Saturdays just be clean. We're trying to covet them a little more. If anybody is asking us to do stuff on Saturdays, we're really trying to to evaluate whether we should. We actually came up with one of the things that we came up with uh, is something we called the Yeso meter on the way to Louisiana, which was a bunch of criteria for every sort of invite to a situation of whether we should go, you know, things like moral obligation, social obligation, you know, always it costs money. One of the, one of the criteria is, is it on Saturday? Because that's a check against, and we have this sort of, this, this, uh, this sort of, <laughs> uh, uh, mathematical formula that spits out whether or not we should, should accept an invitation or not. We're certainly dorks. And we had way too much time on our hands. But anyway, part of that is to say that, um, that we're really trying to keep Saturdays, altogether free and part of that i think that the idea of the sabbath is a good idea uh i'll be talking in the in the video that i mean i don't think that the sabbath is uh it's a lot like eating kosher you know there's just not a it's not a legal thing to not eat pork nowadays or get circumcised the bible couldn't be any more clear about those things which were absolutely required in the old testament i mean it was uh, uh punishable by death offense in some of those cases, to not do it, but but the Bible goes very is very very clear that's not, and I'll talk about more of this in the in the video. But my point is is that while those things are not, as Paul says, you know, all things are are legal, but not all things are beneficial. And one of the things that can really change a person's life is is by taking a day off. And God has made Sabbath for man. It is a time to for us to rest and to recharge and to be blessed and. Uh, and to spend that time uh, doing fruitful things. We're just doing, just resting, ceasing from your work. Uh, it says, keep it holy, keep it separate, separate that day. Holy, that word holy there is a, is a separation, it's sanctify that day, set it apart, and set it apart for rest. And, and really, that is what some of you might need to just change your entire life. I say that to say that, that part of I time and not just, a, and we only do that on the weekdays, by the way. And Saturday, uh, that is the, the, when we go to bed, that is only a weekday thing. During the weekend, we have, um, uh, Saturday, which we is also just sort of a free day where we try not to, but it's not a guarantee. I mean, if we have to do something or somebody invites us to something that we should do or whatnot, we'll do it on Saturday. But, uh, but we try not to. It's, it's a, it's a goal that we're trying to do. I hope I didn't make anybody stumble with that. Usually, probably after all that stuff I said, people will write me about the Sabbath. No, Chris, your Sabbath theology is all wrong. And let me tell you this thing and that thing. So I hope that uh, that we can move past that and just think of this this episode as as in terms of hope and in terms of you know a new chance. We all have things that we need to get figured out. Maybe they have nothing to do with any of the things that I just mentioned here today, um, but I know that they are whatever they are. And I would just encourage you to to write them down, make a plan. Think soberly about them. Get with your wife or, or your husband about it if if it's if that's applicable, 
And uh, I hope we all have a good next year. I want to finish with reminding you uh, a few things from the beginning. Daniel 7 will be out soon. The Sabbath script uh, is almost ready and going into production pretty soon. The Sleep Paralysis video should be posted on the front of the Sleep Paralysis site and in the show notes of this section. Don't forget hopeforabby.com on the right side of the uh, main website and the Podcast Addict app uh, that you can put the Revelations Radio Network on or it's on Stitcher. Thanks a lot for tuning into the show. Stay tuned to the uh, to the Chris White Everything feed for more, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Nowhere to Run. You can download all of the archives to this show and others I've done for free at NowhereToRunRadio.com. Your prayers and donations are needed and appreciated. You can partner with me to reach many more people with discipleship, apologetics, and the gospel. Go to Nowhere to Run Radio to help support this ministry. Thanks for your time.